Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. I'm Joe from B1029, and we also have Shyler from B1029, and we're discussing, dissecting, and uh, even uh, speculating a little bit about some of the stories from the week <laughs> of December 5th, 2022. So this one, I think, kind of caught a lot of people by surprise. At least for me, it just kind of like came out of nowhere. Um, obviously, we knew about the ABC, a very Backstreet holiday, the Backstreet Boys holiday special that was, that was supposed to air on ABC on December 14th. Uh, they even did like an interview with Variety about it, how they got like Seth Rogen to be the narrator. It was going to feature uh, Megan Trainer, Rob Riggle, Nikki Glaser, and, and a few others to appear during the holiday special. And then a couple days later, ABC announces that they are not going to air the special because of the recent uh, rape allegations by Nick Carter. Now, the woman that came forward, her name is Shannon Shea Ruth. She filed a a sexual battery lawsuit against Carter, accusing him of raping her and infecting her with HPV when she was 17 back in February of 2001. Now, according to her, this happened after a concert in Tacoma, Washington, And her story says that um, it was after a show and he had met her during kind of like, I guess there were a bunch of other fans uh, trying to get autographs and things like that. And she was the one among them. And so the story goes that um, he took her back to the uh, tour bus and he gave her something to drink, which he said tasted a little funny. And he called it allegedly VIP juice. And so then, obviously, he, then he took her to the inside the, the tour bus's restroom, which is where the alleged uh, uh, sexual assault took place, and then continued on from there. And she claims that she begged him to stop, and he didn't. So now they held a press conference. It was uh, Shay Ruth and her lawyer held a press conference to talk about the allegations and whatnot. But, Shelly, you said people on TikTok don't buy this story. Well, and here's here's the thing, and I am unapologetically a believer of women. When women come forward and say that the things like this happen to them, it is imperative that we take them at face value. We believe them so so that there is a safe space for people who experience this kind of assault to be able to get the justice that they deserve. What has been speculated on TikTok is that This girl has a history of making these allegations against Nick Carter throughout many years. As as long as she has been able to try and, as I said, this is coming from other people on TikTok saying that this girl has been wildly attempting to make a viral moment in this in this manner. That this that 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 she is fabricating and embellishing this story in in her attempt to to be a viral moment and people just aren't buying it people are saying that that the the allegations apparently say that they were doing a, a meet and greet or signing autographs after a show and that he had brought her onto his own personal tour bus i guess mm-hmm. is what the story was but he never had his own personal tour bus like the guys had a bus you know you know what i mean like yeah they, they there's, always there's five of them together. yeah you're not gonna have five tour buses for <laughs> one group 
And I understand, you know, he was kind of the star of the show. He was kind of like the main guy of Backstreet Boys. It was a collaborative effort, but, you know, he was like the heartthrob of the of the group. So I understand that, you know, the, the spotlight was focused more on him um, at that point in time. But I don't know if it was enough to have his own tour bus. Um, I, I really, I really don't know. I don't, I was a Backstreet Boy fan, like, like Backstreet Boys was was way higher on my list than like In Sync in comparison, mm-hmm. um, but Nick was not my favorite by a long shot. So it was like, yeah, he's too much of a pretty boy. It wasn't really all about him. But it's it is it is horrible if this is true, and very disheartening as Nick Carter and his family are going through unimaginable BS right now. You know they just lost his brother and having to deal with his brother being very, very unwell at the time of his death and now dealing, you know, he's trying to have his comeback moment too. You know, the Backstreet Boys back together. They're, they're reaching heights that are comparable to back like 99. I mean, they're doing really, really well. It's just very unfortunate circumstances and I, 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 I don't know enough about Nick Carter or like the after concert situation. Like I, mm-hmm. I would have never, I couldn't afford to go to Backstreet Boys concerts, so I, <laughs> I didn't know what they would like. They were like back then, so I don't, I don't know if that would have even been an option. I mean, you hear about, you know, getting pulled backstage or you know, got to go on the tour. There's a couple artists that I've been able to get on their tour bus and hang out and 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 chat with them or drink with them or whatever and it's i I don't know but they've never been on the level of the backstreet boys so (laughs) i don't know if that's a super exclusive thing i don't know if i i I really i don't i'm i'm going into this very very blind all i know is that the videos this is how i heard about it was on tiktok and it was just this girl saying that she refuses to believe that this could be true because she doesn't believe that it's it's even a possibility that the circumstances were there for a sexual assault to happen because they wouldn't have had a meet and greet after a show that you know they would have just gotten back on the bus and moved on to the next city or just like been done that they they wouldn't have interacted with fans after the show they'd usually would do that beforehand and that Nick didn't have his own bus so she doesn't think that this girl is very credible because that's that's not true. That he wouldn't have had his own bus. I mean, he might have been on the bus alone. I, I guess. Right. Well, He's, the other few yeah. other members are, I don't know, doing whatever. I mean, as we bus. have, I mean, as we've learned, uh, you know, <laughs> our heroes will, they can and will disappoint us. <laughs> you know, yep. there's so many circumstances where you know you you don't want to believe that. Nick Carter or anybody would would be capable of that, but it's an unfortunate reality for so many people that this happens all the time, and it's it will be very disheartening to learn the truth. I think if it is if it is true, yeah. Well, Carter's attorney's name is Michael Holtz. He uh, released a statement to Variety, basically claiming the same things that you've heard on TikTok that. 
This claim about an incident that supposedly took place more than 20 years ago was not only legally meritless, but also entirely untrue. He goes on to say, unfortunately, for several years now, Miss Ruth has been manipulated into making false allegations about Nick, and those allegations have changed repeatedly and materially over time. No one should be fooled by a press stunt orchestrated by an opportunistic lawyer. There is nothing to this claim whatsoever, which we have no doubt the courts will quickly realize. So, I mean, look, okay, so Ruth made these claims. It obviously stops ABC from releasing this holiday special, which I'm sure obviously has cost the Backstreet Boys some money. It's cost, I know, ABC money for advertisers and whatnot. Um, And now they got to find something to fill that spot with, whatever they decide to do. I don't know. Um, And if it turns out not to be true, then obviously this girl is in a load of trouble, not just with the Backstreet Boys, but I would think also maybe a little bit with ABC because they're the ones that has this holiday special that, you know, just to protect themselves have pulled. And now it's like, really? But on the other hand, you know, if it does turn out to be true, I don't see the Backstreet Boys doing anything more anytime soon, at least not with Nick. Well, and that's what's like really frustrating because this was 20 plus years ago. Right. So there's there's really no way of like definitive proof. Like it's, but it's enough to cast doubt and... I think that's damaging enough in itself. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it, it happened over 20 years ago. So, I mean, obviously if this does go to some sort of trial or of that nature, um, I mean, you're looking at evidence from, you know, like you said, like 20, 21 years ago. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to look at, and, and again, I don't know if they have any evidence or just, you know, just hearsay. We, we don't know. But obviously it was enough to get a lawyer involved and to have a press conference to announce it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll keep an eye on the story and, and see what, what becomes of it. Um, it's, a, it's an unfortunate situation. And like you said, Shyler, we you really don't know what to believe at this point. I mean, it seems doubtful, but then again, we don't have, we don't, we don't have all the evidence. We don't, know what what they have on their side and and right now it's just her word against his word which we we i do have to say like she is going i i don't i I don't know i don't i don't i don't want to think that anybody would make up an allegation like that right right. um but and it's and it's just it's it's wild it's it's wild to me it's very unfortunate and i i hope that because it's like it's terrible because it's like I hope that it didn't happen to her, but I don't want her to be lying about it either. You know what I mean? Oh, like I know. It's, it's such a it's such a bad position to be in because when these things come out, you know, obviously in the last several years, I mean, we've we've seen Hollywood executives go down because yeah, it did turn out to be true and it's been suppressed for the longest time. And now, you know, more people standing up and bringing more things to light, you really can't just not say no that didn't happen and brush it away anymore you just can't yeah and she was 17 years old at the time like that's oh and if it, i mean yeah and i mean if that's if it does end up to be true i mean 
man. Yeah, no, no good news coming from this either way. No, exactly. So we'll keep an eye on this story and hopefully we'll we'll learn more as things progress on. All right, moving on to our next story where someone maybe misspoke. I don't know, but (laughs) Jennifer Lawrence did a uh, interview with Variety with the Viola Davis. And they were talking about two women that are, you know, leading females in in, in movies and kind of like it wasn't the norm, but now it's becoming more the norm. And so Jennifer Lawrence says, quote, I remember when I was doing Hunger Games, nobody had ever put a woman in the lead of an action movie because it wouldn't work. (laughs) So... It's so, it's such a stupid statement to make. J-Law, what an idiot. Oh my gosh. I mean, she's the queen of like putting her foot in her mouth, but. No, she is. So of course, everyone jumped on Twitter to call her out on it, reminding her like, uh, no, like Angelina Jolie and Tomb Raider, Uma Mm -hmm. Thurman and Kill Bill, uh, Sigourney Weaver and Alien. Linda Hamilton and the Terminator. I mean, all these women before her that have been the leads in these action films. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, and so I can see why it's like, Ooh, that, that that's a cringeworthy statement right there, man. I understand what you're trying to say, but you surely did not word it right. I mean, for, for someone who is as young as, as she is, like I, I appreciate and acknowledge the contributions that she is making as a woman in Hollywood. But to to lay claim <laughs> that you're like this trendsetter, yeah, in 2022, almost 2023, like to act like you were the first to do it, is so pretentious. And just sometimes, sometimes like I'm especially with Jennifer Lawrence being one of the more like quote unquote relatable celebrities. It really does show just how completely out of touch celebrities can be. (laughs) Oh, I I know. I mean, we, we put them on these pedestals like, Oh, they, they must know quite a bit when when actually they, they, they they sometimes don't. Well, and then, and they, they see us putting them on these pedestals and they're like, yes, I belong here. It's like well, well, maybe and maybe it's like that pressure, like, oh, I have to live up to these expectations, so I better just speak as if I know what I'm talking about. No, you don't. You don't have to. Yeah, actually, it's encouraging you have to. Yeah, it's more encouraging, like for you not to do that. You know what I mean? Like for you to hold yourself more humbly, I suppose. I I don't know. I just I I cannot. (laughs) I just can't believe how out of touch. With reality, yeah, this statement was even for someone like like J Law, who is has always seemed to be pretty normal, right? So anyway, after that that video was published on Wednesday, uh, and of course all the criticism came out shortly after. On Thursday, she told the Hollywood Reporter that she did not mean to say she was quote the only woman who has ever led an action film, but instead to quote emphasize how good it feels. She wanted to blow past, quote, old myths and say, and then she said, quote, but it was my blunder and it came out wrong. I had nerves talking to a living legend, 
meaning Viola Davis. Okay. I mean, okay, yeah, I can I can understand maybe you saying some weird things when you're in the presence of someone like that. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I would have to say that when when you when you're talking about because to kind of backtrack a little bit, Viola was talking about black women and how it wasn't really the, it wasn't really the norm to have an all because she's talking about the, the woman King, the latest film that Viola did. Yes. And how it was, you know, I guess an all black woman led cast or at least a large majority of it. I haven't seen it, but I've seen the trailer for it. And Viola was saying that, you know, it, it this is something that's never been done before. And to kind of, make that work or make the audience believe that this will work has been kind of a challenge. And then that's when Jennifer Lawrence went in to talk about how the norm wasn't always to have a female led action led or a female led action movie star, or let me rephrase that yeah. <laughs> a woman in the lead of an action movie. Um, but we've seen it before that it wasn't really quite relatable. We've seen that before. We, audiences like to have i mean there hasn't been anything against having a woman be the lead in an action film we've seen it before for decades yes well, um, and i sorry no go ahead i'll get all my soapbox for just a second <laughs> i i think this is like, this is like one one thing that we often see and forgive me i'm going to be my 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 social justice warrior soapbox for a moment is that you we get out of touch out of pocket comments made by privileged white people and it's like it's she made it about herself when she had an opportunity at a teaching moment to make it about viola davis and to and to really drive home the fact that it, instead of saying like viola davis is the one deserving of the acknowledgement, the praise. Um, she made it about herself and was like, oh, and when I was the star of Hunger Games, it had never been done before. It's like, okay, we're not talking about Hunger Games. We're talking about this new project that Viola Davis is about is a part of and and how this is revolutionary and making that the 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 basis of the conversation instead of I just there's so many better ways for her to have gone about acknowledging that piece of the conversation without making it about herself. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. where I, that's, that's my issue with like celebrities in general, or really let's call it what it is society in general, the level of like narcissism and pretentiousness that each one of us has inside of ourselves. It's just, sometimes we just kind of let that go. and like, it just takes over. And that's how I feel. I feel like she kind of let that take over in that moment. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it was because she was nervous talking to Viola Davis. I mean, I certainly would be nervous as well, but. Oh, yeah, I, I would be too. But I don't know if I would try to bring up a past project of mine to compare myself with Viola no, Davis exactly. in that moment. I mean, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, that'd be, you know, Viola Davis talking about, you know, the woman king and um, and then me coming in, oh yeah, well, as a, as you know, not very male led, uh, radio hosts, you'd be like, yeah. what? 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be like, uh, well, you know, I'm I'm a program director, and there's not very many girls that do that. I mean, in fact, I'm, I'm the first of their kind. It's like, mm, that's that's a little yeah. presumptuous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, J Law. She is the queen of like just putting her foot in her mouth, though. So she's very on brand. We love we love consistency. We do. And she's yes. and she's just a goofball. So it makes sense she that is. she would goof up. Right. Okay, moving on to another story. Um, as many of you know, if you listen to this podcast or even my show on B1029, I am a, a big DC comics, DC films, Batman fan. And so uh, I think it was a couple years ago after uh, Wonder Woman 1984, the second Wonder Woman film came out, they announced that they were doing a third Wonder Woman. And then here just recently with the release of Black Adam, um, spoiler alert, I'm sorry, but it's been all over everywhere. So if you are finding this out for the first time, I am sorry. Uh, Henry Cavill made a cameo in Black Adam as Superman, which has been the first time in several years. Shortly after that movie came out, Henry Cavill basically announced to the world, I'm back as Superman, which then people were speculating, that, oh, okay, we're going to have a, a Man of Steel 2 in the works. Well, now that seems like the recent um, announcement or, or, or things from DC may have put that on, all on a hold and people are kind of like, oh no. So back here in October, DC, or I shouldn't say back in October, but as we know, Warner Brothers and Discovery have merged. And we've talked about on the podcast before, there was a Batgirl film that was supposed to come out with Michael Keaton returning as Batman that was shelved. It was basically almost done, but they were like, nope, not going to happen. So not going to see the Batgirl film. Um, then they brought in James Gunn, who we know from the Guardians of the Galaxy series. He also did the uh, the latest Suicide Squad movie and Peacemaker show on HBO Max. And he's also has a co-chairman alongside him, uh, Peter uh, Safran, who's done a lot of uh, horror films in the past. Uh, especially lately, like I think I think he did like The Conjuring. He's been an uh, an executive producer of, and he's also worked with James Gunn on Peacemaker and The Suicide Squad. So, those James Gunn and Peter Safran are are like the Kevin Feige of Marvel. These two are going to come together and piece together this cohesive DC Studios storyline moving forward. Because if you've seen any of the DC films, obviously they they try to do it with with Henry Cavill as Superman, Ben Affleck as Batman, and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. They did those three films, and of course, the Justice League, which that was in and of itself, so a whole other story, which we won't get into. And, and Jason Momoa as Aquaman. They got the new Aquaman movie coming out. And so what they're trying to do is, is kind of take these properties and piece them together to have the same success Marvel has had. Well... <laughs> it turns out now that there's a report that came out from the Hollywood Reporter that says that Wonder Woman 3 has been shelved. That, that's, not, that's not happening now because it doesn't fit with James Gunn and Peter Safran's story. Oh, God. Henry Cavill's return may not happen with Man of Steel 2. Apparently even Black Adam, Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam may be in trouble as well. Um, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, allegedly, this will be his last Aquaman movie, and he's going to allegedly step down as Aquaman and become another DC 
uh, anti-hero. His name is Lobo, which it's that's a totally different story of its own. But he's gonna take over. He's gonna start that role. Which when I read this, I'm like, what? No. So after all this came out and people are freaking out, James Gunn got onto Twitter, and so he says, "Quote so." As for the story yesterday in the Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. Um, he 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 tweeted a whole bunch of things after that. Um, but his his last tweet on it was, "As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait." We are giving these characters and the stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. So, look, is Wonder Woman 3 dead? Mm, I bet it's going to be kind of tweaked. Is Henry Cavill not coming back as Superman? I I think he is coming back as Superman. I I don't think that that's – I don't think that's not dead. Because if you know Henry Cavill's also – he stepped down from The Witcher. Yeah, that's what okay. That's what I'm confused about because I really like Henry Cavill, and I really love yes. him as Geralt in The Witcher. So I'm not thrilled with losing him as The Witcher in exchange for Superman because I'm not. I wasn't super into Henry Cavill as Superman, but mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. This seems very confusing. It's it like, does. Oh, we're, we're gonna take Jason Momoa and 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 the rock and like, they're going to do something like they're going to still be like superheroes, but different. It's like that. The thing right. about like the MCU and, and Marvel is like the continuity and like the storytelling that just kind of meshes all together. And I understand that these guys are starting kind of from scratch at this point coming in and, and looking at it from like a new, like launching pad. But I just don't, I just don't get why you wouldn't take the material and everything that you've already got so far and build from there and make it better. Right. Rather than just scrapping these multi-million dollar projects. Yeah. Entirely. It it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, it doesn't. Because we have uh, a new Shazam movie coming out. And we have the another Aquaman. We have the Flash film coming out next summer. Um, there's also a new one, uh, Blue Beetle, which they they've teased already. So, I, I yeah, I agree. I mean, don't I don't think they're just gonna push the reset button on everything. I, and I think that I agree with James Gunn. Like, look, yeah, we've made some decisions on some things, and there are some things we haven't. And I think yeah. that they're they're trying to piece together this this because what seems to have been the problem in the past is, you know, Warner Brothers brought in these directors. Okay, we want you to do this. Okay, and then they do it, and then the studio steps in, is like, oh no, we don't want to do that. And then they get involved, and that's when everything just goes goes to hell. We saw it. We saw it with the Justice League after Zack Snyder <laughs> had his vision. He had to step away because of a personal matter. And then they brought in someone else and just whoosh, took it to yeah. a whole different level. And everyone's like, what is this? Yeah, that was a mess. Right. And then they actually let Zack Snyder do his actual vision, which personally I liked way better than what was done that, it, that came out in theaters. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Gal Gadot has done such a wonderful job as Wonder Woman. I don't think you can't say, sorry, Gal, you're, you're done. We're going to cast somebody else. Yeah. Well, and, and let me go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't, I just don't know anything about, um, like the DC verse. I mean, I, and I, and I, I don't even really know that much about the Marvel verse either where, mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I watched a bunch of the movies in like a marathon style, like week <laughs> because, um, the, the, whatever the, the, one of the big movies, uh, a few years ago that came out, was it in game? Is that, the, is that a thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. in game that came out on my birthday so all my friends wanted to go and i was like well sure i guess i better figure out what is going on so that's that's why i know anything about marvel at all is I mean, because I, I, I did it for my friends and like dc i don't i just have never I mean, i've never really been into like the whole super superhero stuff anyway i mm-hmm. guess is what i'm trying to say so i'm i'm a fresh perspective <laughs> <laughs> and i am looking very forward to um literally anything henry cavill ever does ever so right and, and, and the reason why he he stepped down as a witcher is because he announced that he was coming back as superman and you know he had to pick one or the other yeah so he decided terrible. to pick superman he but and, he must have like it must have a lot of promise in order for him to walk away from the witcher because oh, yeah. he's a giant nerd Hey, that's why oh, I he love is. Henry Cavill yeah. so much because he only agreed to do The Witcher because they promised him like that it was going to be true to the story of The Witcher of the video game and in this story. And as soon as they started being weird about the writing of the story, they were like, "Like, what are you gonna do? Leave?" And he's like, "Actually, yeah, I'm gonna go be Superman again." So, Bye. dork off. And <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, it's got to be very promising because I feel like especially when it comes to things that are very close to Henry Cavill's like nerding out stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and Superman's part of that. Yeah. And I mean, that, that, that's why, you know, the Marvel films have been so successful because of the cohesive story. You know, my yes. wife and I enjoy the Marvel films. Um, I enjoy the DC films and my wife does too. They just lately haven't had that cohesive story. It's just, you know, they, they try to do it. And then after that, it's like, okay, here's an Aquaman movie. Okay, cool. Good Aquaman movie. Okay, here's a Shaz- Shazam film. Oh, okay, cool. Shazam film. Uh, Black Adam. Here, here's a Black Adam film. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, it, it doesn't really build off one or the other. It's just that that's what they, Marvel's had so much success. Now everyone wants to try and, and create that formula for themselves. Yeah. Um, and I mean, James Gunn, obviously with Guardians of the Galaxy, um, has had a lot of meetings with Kevin Feige, so he kind of understands how it goes. So I think having James Gunn and Peter Safran kind of leading this, I think it's in good hands as long as Warner Brothers doesn't step in again and like, well, no. And then that's when it's like, well, you know what? Forget it then. But I, I, I think people need to calm down and, and just realize, look, Henry Cavill, I think, is still going to be Superman. I think Gal Gadot will still be Wonder Woman. Um, Jason Momoa will still be Aquaman. I don't think he's going to step down to be a different character. I think that would be really dumb on their part because you're going to confuse everybody. And I still think Dwayne Johnson will still be around as Black Adam. Now, as far as Batman's concerned, I don't know because we got the Flash film coming out. Michael Keaton is supposed to come back as Batman. 
And also Ben Affleck is supposed to be there as Batman. So which way they're going to go? Maybe they're just going to just surprise everybody and we'll find out in June. Who knows? <laughs> so you're hopeful. I am hopeful. Yes. I, I don't, I don't want to just be mad and think, well, DC is going to just be crap now and I'm never going to watch him again. No, I, I, I think that once we understand where things are going, then we'll, everyone will be like, ah, sigh of relief. Have faith. That's that's basically what I'm trying to say. Is just have faith. Don't don't yeah. assume the worst right now. Fair. All right. Moving on to our was story. Uh, Shiley, you talked about this on your on your show, and when I when I saw the trailer, I was like, well, what? So, <laughs> I mean, I did not watch Glee. Obviously, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about Glee or some rendition of a popular song by the cast of Glee during that time. Um, but there is apparently a new uh, <laughs> a new uh, docu series called The Price of Glee, which is going to hit Discovery Plus and ID in in January. January sixteenth is when it's supposed to launch, and basically it's going to s- explore the real story behind Fox's series Glee. And Charlotte, you pointed out that one of the main things was that, which I, it didn't hit me until you were talking about it during your show, was that three three people passed away from three yeah three people passed away from that film or from that series yeah and and it hasn't aged well like glee i i don't <clears throat> okay i was in actual show choir in high school um it's nothing like glee um so i did not watch it either because it just it it was hard for me to get into because it's like oh this is what show choir is and it's like no I I do I do show choir every day at school like it's completely different but whatever um, it was hard for me to to, to get into it and like l- looking in on it from a not a fan perspective you were it was much easier to see like the problematic storylines and s- just some of the stuff that was involved it, it was it was a very strange show. It was supposed to be about show choir and high school and coming of age and whatnot. And there's drug abuse and teenage pregnancies. And it was, it was just a very, it was a very strange show. (laughs) And I felt like it was easy for me to see because it was, it was just so dramatically different from my actual life as a high school kid in show choir. And I don't. Fox Fox known for at that time, the, the teen drama of course and then you had all the the pop songs at the time that they were doing so you got to hear their version of it yes i mean it was it was a a fantastic opportunity to show off young talent and we got amazing i mean yeah we got amazing performances out of it and and some very iconic um a-list names to this day it's i feel very I feel I feel it's very dirty to do this docu series because people have died. You know what I mean? Like these mm-hmm. very real life situations um, that are very dark. In some in some ways, yeah. you know, we have Mark Salling, who was a very disturbed individual, and had his demons and 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 went out in 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 that manner and then you have Corey Monteith who also had very 
a very dark story behind the scenes that we didn't know anything about. And 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 Naya Rivera, like she like her death was accidental. Yeah. And it just it feels very I don't know, it just it feels it feels kind of gross to be making money off of tragedy like that and right just speculate that that there's some sort of curse because it's like when you have this rate of of success at young ages i mean we've seen it un, we've seen it unfold in child actors for for ever now but when when you when you catapult yourself into the into the 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 spotlight at a young age and and when it's on that level of global stardom, you, you get a little bit of whiplash and some people are able to handle it and some people aren't. I mean, the circumstances, I mean, I mean, thank God, you know, Macaulay Culkin is on his, you know, is on a better track now, but he was he was going through it really rough back in the day as well. It's like mm-hmm. this is like it's not a recipe for success. It's it's a recipe for disaster. So you have these situations where you put all these very young people into the spotlight at breakneck speed. And of course, you know, people are looking for gossip. So they're gonna dig up some some dirt about you, which could, you know, ruin everything and cause you to hit the brakes really, really fast. And I don't know. I just I, I feel like this is very opportunistic. I just think it's I think it's really sad to make money off of tragedy. Um, yeah, I just I don't I don't like it. I mean, yeah. and, and look at Leah Michelle. Like <laughs> Leah Michelle well, was arguably yeah. the star of Glee, and then it's come out in recent years that she was terrible to work with, and that she was horribly racist and and uh, abusive towards her her co stars. And that she really thought that she was, you know, the HBIC on that set. And it was <laughs> well, just... didn't, didn't Naya, wasn't she one of them that actually came out? And Yeah. And, yeah, because Naya was one of them that came out about that. Yeah, Amber Riley as well. And then there was, mm-hmm. um, it, it, there, yeah, there's so many people. Who was it? Was Amber Riley that said that Leah Michelle said that she would, like, defecate in her wigs or something? Yeah, there, there was a story about that. Yes. It, just who who says that? Like this right. is so weird. But like then as soon as as soon as it was said, I remember I remember the allegations were made, like, oh yeah, she said this to me or whatever. And there were so many people from Glee that were on social media that would just kind of smirk into the camera, like, oh yeah, and have like that audio playing like a TikTok. And it, it's just like, yeah, she she was terrible. She was the worst. And then she had gotten dropped from a few projects following that. Right. I don't know. I I think that this. I I don't know. I, it's it's really unfortunate. It's really sad that we as a society like love like this level of drama and conspiracy theories mm-hmm. that that this would even be an option. Because I I don't I don't think it's fun or entertaining to speculate about the deaths of three young people who were in the spotlight as big as they were. Yeah. And I mean, does it have anything to do with the show? Maybe. I mean, it could have just been all coincidence, but yeah, I I agree. I don't, 
I don't know if there was necessarily, I mean, look, we've talked about child actors before and young actors, you know, getting their big breaks before and how it's, you know, not, not gone well for some of them. Like you mentioned, Macaulay Culkin. Um, and there's a, a tons of other child actors and, and young actors that when they come to fame like this, they, 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 they can't handle it. The pressures, whatever there is. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that Glee was the number one culprit or was the curse or whatever it was. It's just, it's just a money grab is all it is because you're going to yeah. take all the fans of Glee like, Oh yeah. So they're all going to watch it obviously. Yeah. And they're like almost exploiting the fact that these were very real people that we tuned in to watch every single week. You know, they, I understand their characters on a TV show or whatever, but these, especially nowadays where, where celebrities are so accessible to us via their social medias and whatnot, you know, we, you have those kind of parasocial relationships that aren't real, but to us, you know, Corey Monteith was any any kid that we had gone to high school with. It could have been anybody in our own classes that that accidentally overdosed or or whatever. It, it's it's a very it was a very real loss. Yeah. In 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 so to speak, I guess. So right. it's it, it feels like exploiting our grief. And, and especially with Naya Rivera, I mean, the, the, Naya Rivera's death was not that long ago. No, it was not that long ago, and, and it that, was, that was shocking as well. I mean, because I mean they they searched, yes. they couldn't find. If I remember right, they couldn't find her body for a little while. Yes. So I agree. Yeah, it's just a, another ploy for us to binge watch and like the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix. Yeah, my wife and I watched it. I mean, was it interesting? Yeah. Um, is it one of those series you're going to go back and watch again? Probably not. <laughs> I, I have a question for you. Okay. Did you watch the, I think it's Paramount. No, it's Peacock that did the Casey Anthony. No, we did not watch that one. Me either. Yeah. It's just some of those you're like, eh, it, it, it's. It feels dirty, doesn't it? It does because feel dirty. It feels too fresh. Yes. You know, I mean, the the, the Casey Anthony thing has been not i mean it, it's it's not as it's it's more recent than Dahmer. not to say that one's you know <laughs> worse than the other but i mean yeah it's it's just one of those things where and, and as a society and, they, and, and one of the articles i read about you know j the Dahmer series it's just that i think just as a society we have these i mean it's it's like these little like things you don't want to admit but you kind of indulge in because you're yes. curious I you would know, have, like you kind of go to that, that one of those like dark fantasy yes. type things. You just, you just want to know. Yes. It's, there's a, yeah, morbid curiosity. I think that, yeah. that I mean, society does have. Yeah. I mean, like I what, 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 what Ryan Murphy did with the FX series, the people versus OJ. Yes, Watch exactly. That. And because I remember, I remember the, you know, I remember seeing the, the Bronco on the highway. I remember hearing the verdict. Uh, when it came out and I was younger at the time, but I don't remember all the details. So obviously I know some of it was dramatized, but for the most part, it was pretty, you know, down the line, pretty accurate on how it all went down. 
And to watch that and see that again, I mean, you just kind of want to relive that as a, you remember that. And I think we, yeah, with the Glee thing, it's just too new. I mean, the, the, the series ended in 2015. So it's only been seven years. I don't, I don't think we need to rehash some of the, I mean, I don't know, do it 30 years from now. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and even then it's like, I would have been way more encouraging and engaged with the Dahmer series. It, it was so frustrating because it, it was like one theme in the, the Dahmer series was that Lionel Dahmer was a, a bad guy for trying to make money off of Jeffrey's story. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did with this series. It's like they didn't give any of the victims any kind of money they didn't ask permission for this story to be rehashed again. They just right, saw right. an opportunity to cash grab. And I thought that was really gross. And that's how I felt about Casey Anthony. It's like, I don't want to give her any money. You know, she's getting paid out the wazoo for this. And I don't like she's, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to give yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer any money. <laughs> I want it to go to his victims. And right. and it's, it's so weird. <laughs> I know, which I, I, I agree. I think that if they that's what they should have done was look, we're going to do this series. We know it's going to be tough, but we want to help you guys out. Yeah. You know, it's been 30 plus, you know, it's been about 30 years. Um, yeah. I, we, we, as a society, we, we go down that dark place and it's, it's, it's a guilty pleasure and it's an, you know, at times it can be an ugly guilty pleasure, but we still do it because we're curious and we want to know. Yeah, maybe we can do a docu-series on why, as a society, we are so obsessed with this, like, morbidity and serial killer culture stuff. <laughs> That's we, well, can we do that? I'll fund that. I, I bet there's actually been something done. We just don't know about it. <laughs> we're just, we haven't <laughs> taken the time to search because we're too busy doing the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's put Ryan Murphy's name on that one, and then yes. we'll then we'll be engaged. It. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> Ryan, if Ryan Murphy's going to do his own in depth about what behind the scenes of his own show, cool. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. As we recap, dissect, uh, discuss, and speculate about some of the big entertainment stories from the week. Make sure you subscribe. So you know when we drop new episodes on Tuesday, and you can listen to all of the past episodes at B1029.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. For Shyler, I'm Joe from B1029, and we will talk to you again next week.